Long live the new flesh. Yes. Oh, okay, so. I was doing that earlier. I was like, ASMR, ASMR. Yeah, I think that everything is going to be super loud. Because this is such an <laughs> echoey room. <laughs> um, Finish him. Oh my god. Why are you not doing voice acting? I'm freaking out. I ask myself that every day. And now, and now, and now. tonight's presentation. I'm Sheridan. And I'm Chelsea. And today we are we looking at special yeah, guests. We, we have, have a spe- special guest. We have a special guest. We have a special guest with us today. Um, I feel really awesome that we've had now two guests in like two weeks. I feel very honored. I feel very blessed this day because today we have with me my good friend Mona. Hello, everyone. Yay! Mona! And we're gonna Sorry. talk about uh, we're gonna talk about the fly. Nineteen eighty six. Yeah, this mm. is episode seven. It is episode for seven. real this time. <laughs> for, for real this time. Uh, yeah, the not not the nineteen fifty eight version featuring Vincent Price. Right. Although you should watch that one as well. I didn't know that there was an earlier fly. It's actually based on a story. Like I didn't a know short, that either. Like a short story. Ooh. Um. That was actually first published in Playboy magazine. Fun what? fact. Yeah. A lot of horror fiction goes through Playboy. That's true. Yeah. Like, I, I never... What? Th- yeah. There's a lot of really interesting interviews and stuff. Like, there's really cool stuff in Playboy magazine. Dude, I it's had not, no idea. It's not just boobs and bush. I... And, like, Stephen King has had poems in there, like, yeah. many times. What? Yeah. I need to open up a Playboy. <laughs> I bet well, you can't anymore because they're out of publication. What? They still have their, like, website up, I think. Where but... have I been for the last... When did he die? Hefner? Uh, I don't know when. I, a couple of years ago. When he died, did last it tank? Year? No. I just think that, like, nobody gets magazines anymore. I don't so. know. Really? I mean, Matt, you know, digital? Mad Magazine went out of, you know, the publication, too. They're not... Interesting. Yeah. Well, never mind. So we're talking about that movie today, The Fly. <laughs> the Fly. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit about Mona. Because she's fucking great, you guys. Absolutely. Um, this is the first time Mona and I, this is Chelsea, <laughs> uh, that we've met. And I'm pleasantly surprised. You're what? very cool. Well, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I picked uh, Mona and, and Sheridan up on the way here yeah um and that was a really fun car ride i'm not gonna lie <laughs> we were laughing like the whole year <laughs> yeah that's why i'm super excited to talk to her today um so tell us a little bit about yourself uh i am a i'm an author of primarily short fiction uh i'm i'm a performer i sing i act i dance not really i don't dance I'm, I'm yeah that's uh that's kind of <clears throat> how uh how we met was like through the, the local theater circuit things like that so yep many many years ago yeah totally oh my god so long ago um so tell we we got into this a little bit before we uh recorded but tell us about your 
short story that you'll be fe- that you'll be featured in. Yes, uh, coincidentally. Not at all trying to tie this into the episode. (laughs) I have a short story that I co-wrote with a dear friend and collaborator of mine, Fiona Maeve Geist. We called it The Taint is Saintly with Her Welcome. What? It is a... I would call it a transgender body horror action romp. That's pretty much all you need to know. Yes. But it will be part of an anthology that Weird Punk Books is putting out in just a few months. Pre-orders are available on their website, weirdpunkbooks.square.site, I believe. Okay. But if you Google Weird Punk Books, you'll be able to find some information on it. Cool. The New Flesh, edited by Sam Richard and Brendan Vidito. It is an anthology of a variety of authors all writing literary tributes to the work of David Cronenberg. Oh Who we will be, of course, talking about in this episode. So excited. So, I'm so excited. I know. It's so great. <laughs> you, so you guys get on that because these stories sound amazing and you will want them in your life. Yeah. So I don't even read. We can, uh, we can link the website, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We can, so, we'll, we'll plug the website. Yeah. Um, where, where, where can we follow you or? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm generally at those three places. Okay, cool. Um, for Instagram, like at. I believe my handle. Yes. My handle for both Twitter and Instagram is M Suspiriorum. Awesome. How do you spell that? For me though. <laughs> Not for you guys. For <laughs> M S-U-S-P-I-R-I-O-R-U-M. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to plug you up there, too. <laughs> so we're going to plug it up. <laughs> plug it up, plug it up, plug it up. Oh, man. So, yeah, you guys <clears throat> usually do our plug up at the end of the episode, but this is necessary. So this is a special episode. So. Absolutely. Um, so how has your week been, Chelsea? Uh, so far, so good. Um yeah, work has been good. Uh, I've just been keeping busy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'll buy my Halloween costume. Ooh. I was going to go as Gogo Yubari from uh, Kill Bill. Okay. Because she's hot. Yeah. Um, but I tried on a blazer and I was just like, my boobs couldn't fit in any blazer. <laughs> I, I went from, I was like, okay, maybe I'll try a medium. That was a big mistake. Huge. Uh, large. <laughs> boobs are too big extra large it just wasn't working and then and then when you put on the extra large it fits around my boobs but the rest is like a parachute so i'm just like <laughs> okay the, and that's necessary to be go go you bar you gotta have the blazer yeah, it's like yeah, a dark yeah. blue blazer it just wasn't working oh and i couldn't find any skirts the skirt that i found was a trip skirt from a uh, hot topic back from a long time ago oh wow the skirt was about that why like the, the thickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I were to put on this skirt, my butt would be hanging out. And I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that at all. So I went to Spirit Halloween and I bought a Gryffindor costume and it's slutty. And I've <laughs> never, I've never dressed up for Halloween and gone to a party. And mm-hmm. I'm doing that this, this year. I just stuttered. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you nervous? Because, dude, I've just never dressed up in front of people before. So I'm trying to do, I'm trying to like bucket list things and this was on my bucket like list. Like a sexy costume. Yeah, like normal like okay. my ideal Halloween night, which I wanna find I'm gonna ask you guys this when we're done with with this, but my ideal Halloween night is the door rings, people are like trick or treat, you don't get up, you continue watching your movie, <laughs> eat your own candy, 
and go from there. You know, get fucked up, do whatever you want. That's my ideal. And I'll dress up for myself. Yeah. Just in your house. Yeah. Just like. I keep the light on too. And the window's open. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> I get nervous. Oh my God. What do you God. say to kids? You open the door and you're like, you guys look cute. And then the next people come and they're like, you guys look cute. And they're like, you said that already to them. <laughs> and then who the fuck are you? My mom is obsessed with Halloween. And so adorable. she decks the house out every year to make it look like a haunted house. And it's it so like, cool. we we're like the scary house on the block. <laughs> like no kids will come up. Like we'll, we'll get a few brave people coming in, but my mom just loves scaring little kids Dude, so much. Like I love tripping. this. Oh yeah. She, and like, it's legit. It's really creepy. So do you go over to your mom's for Halloween? Oh yeah. I try to every year. I never want to miss her, her haunted house. So like the, the, it's huge. Her house is gigantic and she has this, um, chandelier hanging in the like front doorway there. And so like we hang a, like a prop body there and like (laughs) my mom sets out her little, she has like a picnic table with like black velvet on it. And she'll put in, she'll put like pictures, old pictures of our family up and she'll be like, these are the ghosts that haunt this house now. And like, it's just like pictures of my grandpa, you know, like you have people come (laughs) into your house, like a haunted house. I mean, it's like just in the front door. Like it's not there. They don't have to like come inside or anything, but but yeah, it's it's really fun watching like the few brave kids come up and Aww. get their candy. And my mom, you know, my mom gets like the legit candy, so <laughs> it's like a little reward. You should buy like full candy bars. Yeah. Your mom is tight. And she does the like, you know, she does the scary music and <sighs> the chainsaws and the screams and the I'm, you know, I'm five feet tall, dude. I'm dressing up this dude, year. Dude, come, come to my come I'm to my like, mom's house. Stop stop by my mom's house on Halloween. I just take my glasses off. Trick or treat. <laughs> can I see your ID alright guys uh, Mona what do you do for Halloween yeah most of the time these days just stay inside watch movies eat some good food hell yeah when I was growing up at my at my folks place though uh, I grew up in uh, I would say we we had a horror household I would mm-hmm. say okay. in, 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 in a good way in, right. in, in a good way but um, to this day still my mom has this like seven foot tall zombie animatronic that she just keeps in the living room that you can see from the street just year round. Mm-hmm. So like we would just have like a light on at night because I like to keep the light on at night. Because yeah. It's scary in the dark. Yeah. Yes. So like you, you, if you just walked past the house at night, you would just see the blinds were drawn and you just see this lumbering silhouette of like a seven foot figure oh <laughs> just my around God. the clock. That would oh be so God. scary. Yeah, dude. And she'll dress it up for different seasons. So oh, if it's cool. like Santa, if it's like a Christmas, she'll put on like a Santa hat and like a beard. Oh my God. That's tight. Or if it's like a, a patriotic holiday, she'll put like a star spangled hat on it or something. That's dude. so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. That's awesome. Is that, so did you get your influence for like horror and, and stuff like that from your family? Like that was that a family thing or? Um, I would say that would probably have a, have a huge amount of it. Cause yeah, like. I I grew up watching a lot of horror movies. Like I, I think I saw, I think I saw Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho maybe when I was like eleven. Oh okay, oh, wow. all right, that's tight. Yeah. yeah, wow, yeah. I was like forced by my dad to like watch. <laughs> 
the exorcist. Sca- the exorcist, the scariest parts of movies. Mm. I remember him thinking it was so funny. He would like hold my, I know I've brought this up a million times. He would like hold my head and be like, watch it. If you get through it, you won't be scared anymore. And then I'd be scared for like three months. <laughs> Your dad is so intense, dude. <laughs> you know, my dad's really funny, but yeah, I was afraid of everything. My little brother grew up though, like dressing up like Michael Myers as a child. Mm-hmm. And like leather face mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd run around the house with it he had all these fake knives i was my parents were just like be who you want to be and i'm like you want to you want to be a fucking serial killer so <laughs> I, get it. I get it yeah so i always had to watch my back with him he hated me he, yeah you know one of the w- one of the like movies and i'm just gonna go off on this one tangent then we'll be done we can talk about the fly <laughs> so i think that because horror is a relatively new genre in my life um but I think that the movie that kind of opened my eyes to it, or one of the movies, was The Ring. Really? I was thinking about it, because that it, it came out when I was like 11, 12. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. And I saw it at like a sleepover, and uh, we it was the VHS, like they had it on VHS, so the tape plays before the movie, like in that version. Really? So we watched like the like the tape and then the movie started and it was just like so scary and I remember thinking like I the I don't know like the way that a movie can make you feel is really powerful and that kind of feeling was like really exciting and I was like oh man the horror can be like fun to watch like, yeah dude because i totally bought into it i totally bought into like the seven days of like whatever mm-hmm. so, every time the phone rang you were like it's this is it yeah totally like, seven, yeah seven days. <laughs> you'd walk by your friends and be like seven days. yeah totally <laughs> it was like sleepover. yeah it was like a thing between like middle schoolers you know yeah that's so funny seven days anyway um i love horror that's all i'm saying Same. um all right so let's get into it yeah are you ready yeah. I'm so yeah. ready because this movie ready. is so good. We're talking about The Fly. Um, again, came out in 1986, which was kind of the heyday of like really great 80s horror. Got a lot going on. Um, and this was just one of the many amazing movies that came out. Um, directed by David Cronenberg, of course, who's like the master of body horror. What are some other movies by him? Videodrome or like scanners he he did he uh he directed a history of violence yes yeah uh naked lunch that's a really good one dude i'm i'm like they are very they he's you kind of love him or hate him mm-hmm. kind of i think that he's very um he has the ability to be mainstream obviously with the fly but he is kind of his own thing yeah very much his own thing Naked Lunch is a trip of a movie. I can't even explain it. It's weird. I'm like a baby right now. Like, um, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I gotta it, check all of these out because I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm it, so interested. It was written by... Fir- the first draft was written by Charles Edward Pogue and then David Cronenberg, when he decided to come on and do this movie, was like, your script sucks. <laughs> Like, I need to change a lot of this. So he did. He made a lot of edits to it. Basically, what he kept was the body horror element. And, like, I I think in Pogue's first draft, they were married. And he's... It's, like, more like the original... Like, more like the original movie. Um, But David Cronenberg didn't like it. And he changed the ending as well. Um, But, yeah. And then you you get Cronenberg's version. 
Uh, the music was done by Howard Shore, and you all know him because you've all seen Lord of the Rings. Shut up. And The Hobbit. Are you serious? Yes. They are a frequent collaborator with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like the John Williams to his Spielberg, for sure. He's done, like, almost all of his movies. I think all of his movies. I've been, I've been binging Lord of the Rings for the past couple of days, and I, I often think, like, I wish I knew more about who makes music like this, because it's just... It's so mesmerizing. It was really, it's a really special score to me because it makes me think of old B movies, like mm-hmm. from the 50s. Mm-hmm. It, just, it makes me f- it feel like I'm watching, you know, um, like, a, like a Ray Harryhausen movie or something, or like, you know, old King Kong. But, uh, but yeah, so the special effects were done by Chris Wallace, Inc., and they've done, again, um, a lot of movies, Gremlins. They created Gremlins. Whoa. Uh, they created... Uh, they did the special effects for Raiders of the Lost Ark, too. Really? Yep. And Arachnophobia. Oh. I haven't seen that Sorry. movie in forever. We should cover that movie. Arachnophobia is hilarious and terrifying to me. Yeah, it's really scary. I remember seeing the movie cover for that as a kid in, like, grocery stores, but I never saw it. Have you still never seen it? Still haven't seen it. It's uh, it's freaky as fuck. <laughs> like, it's it's I, also funny though. I like bugs. Yeah. And I I care about them. I just wonder what they're thinking about me. <laughs> I don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> but really though, what 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 what? what why do I always do that? What happens when there's a spider on the wall? He's just looking down at you for hours. They just sit there and look. Like, what do they what do they want? They're waiting for their prey. And then arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. There's like a thousand of them. <laughs> and they're oh, all giant. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, this movie, it's so funny. You asked me, I think while we were watching it, if this movie had won any awards. And I said, I don't think so. It's a horror. Like, But it did. It won an Academy Award for Best Special Effects. Really? It did. Wow. And rightly so. Especially oh for my that time. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the effect... The Okay. I really want... I I really want a fly remake, but I don't because I know they'll do CGI. Oh, and the yeah. thing that made this movie great are the practical effects done by Chris Wallace and also the body horror uh, imagined by Cronenberg. Like, we just don't make movies like that anymore. I wish they would. You know, even me, it's still believable. There's even oh, yeah. there's CGI in the Dark Crystal, dude. In the Dark Crystal show. That's I can tell. It's very disappointing, weird. but. <laughs> um, but yeah, it did win uh, Best Makeup Effects. I was very surprised. Horror, especially that kind of horror, does not get recognized oh, exactly. by the Academy usually. Wow. Um, anyway, there's only three principal characters in this movie that we're following. Um, we have uh, Jeff Goldblum, who plays Seth Brundle, or Brundlefly. Sweet, sweet Brundlefly. Uh, Gina Davis plays Veronica... Veronica Quaife is her name. Quaif. Can you imagine having a last name like that? Okay, Anus. Who, who fucked up? Who fucked up? <laughs> Stop talking about me. <laughs> my my real last name is Anist. Mm. <laughs> a lot of the time they're like, what's up, Anus? You're like, yes, I'm the last name of a butthole. Move on. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I get it. I get it. Um, it's an ongoing struggle with my last name. Nobody knows how to spell it, and nobody knows how to pronounce it. Mm. And I got a lot of Lassure over the oh, years. Okay. 
And, no pun intended. And the internet, there's parts of the internet that will even tell you that it's pronounced the sewer, but it is not. And let, okay, let, yeah, let's set the record straight. There are, I'd say there are two acceptable pronunciations, not to sound pretentious, but I would say that there are two acceptable pr- pronunciations. Yeah. The easiest one and the one that I go for, Le Sweer. Oh, Le Sweer. Yeah, j- just think it rhymes with sphere or, or queer, which right. is also accurate. But <laughs> yeah, Le Sweer, or if you want to get a little bit fancy, you can say something like Le Sieur. Ooh. Oh, Le Sieur. Okay. Yeah. I like is that. Is that French? What is that? It is French. Whoa, look at me, look at me. <laughs> I got something in here. <laughs> I am, right now, I am obsessed with French. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I want to start learning how to speak French. Don't know if I'm ever going to use it. I would love to just try, though. It's super easy. Um, it's very it's sexy, dude. Well, oh, okay. I'm, with that? I'm not saying that learning the language is easy. I'm just saying, like, there are apps. Yeah. You can download, oh, yeah. like, free oh, yeah. apps. Like, Duolingo <laughs> is really good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's super easy. Just, like, 10-minute lessons every day. Like, you'll catch it. Mm-hmm. You'll do it. But do they say the words that I want? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You just want to say, the, how you, do I get this? How do I get this French bread? I don't want to. I don't. I don't care about that. You're. You, how do you, you get, just want to learn how to say dirty words? And how French? do you get this French bed? You know what I'm saying? Boom, <laughs> bombs. Oh my goodness gracious! Just, just have an app that specifically says yeah. French words that you find sexy. For, yeah. Regardless of whether or not you actually know what it means, it's just like for a sexy French word app. Ordinateur, <laughs> ordinateur, <laughs> bibliothèque. See? See. That's all we need. I only know dirty Greek. <laughs> like, uh, skat, skata. That means, sh- uh, fiskata. That means eat shit. Oh. Yeah, my family's great. Okay. Or no, hielopolipa says yorizo of karastopoliparakro. You just made that up. No. <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I, I believed it meant something. <laughs> Yeah. Means like Chelsea's a failure. Get her out of our family. <laughs> no. Just kidding. I'm not a failure. Oh my goodness. I'm a <laughs> okay, can I get back on my fun facts about this? Get movie? on it. All right. The fly. <laughs> um, I have a few fun facts for you. So I already told you that the short story was originally in in Playboy magazine. Dude. And uh, this Charles Ever Pogue was got the rights to it and you know, wrote it, and after a couple of, um, it exchanged hands a couple times, and it finally got to Cronenberg, um, after they hired, they hired a director, and they got all the pre-production set up, (coughs) everything was ready to go, and, uh, and I forgot his name, Richard Bierman, I think is his name, Robert Bierman, uh, he was all set to direct the movie, and right before they started shooting, his daughter was in an accident in South Africa, and died. Oh, fuck. So he was like, I can't do this movie right now. And so they waited, they like waited for him for a couple months and then like finally they were like, you know, we have to get this moving. Yeah. So they hired Cronenberg, um, who was working on Total Recall at the time, but then that fell through. A Cronenberg Total Recall, you guys, would have been, <laughs> been awesome. Tight. It would have been wild. Oh, it would have been really cool. I really like Total Recall as it is, but Cronenberg would have been great. So Cronenberg signs on. Uh, they 
Mel Brooks is producing. That's my other fun fact that I told you in the car. Uh, he didn't want his name on it because he didn't want people to think that it was going to be funny or like his sort of movie. Right. So, but he did, he is kind of like one of the driving forces behind that film becoming what it was. Um, so hats off to you, Mel. Live forever. Please never die. I'm glad he's alive. Uh, this movie is loosely based on the original and I've only seen parts of it, but I do know that in the original, it's more like a head switch. Yeah. Like the scientist, it, it's the scientist's head like ends up on a fly body and the fly head ends up on the scientist's Ew. body. But the scientist also has like a fly hand, uh. but I think it's only just the one. Yeah. But yeah, so that it's more of like a switcheroo. <laughs> Boink. It's actually more about his wife, like, going crazy. It's more about the wife than the scientist. How do I have sex with a fly? (laughs) (laughs) So, but Cronenberg wanted the, wanted it to be more of a metamorphosis. Which is a genius move. Yeah, it really, I think that really was the way to go. uh, Instead of, like, just swapping (laughs) body parts. (laughs) Um, Because that whole, that whole disintegration process is pretty insane to watch right um and it i think that people forget that it's also a tragic love story yeah it made me sad it's just really about the i mean it's just about these two people and like their failed relationship basically (laughs) and i think that that's an element that like is overlooked because it's just this like gory crazy scary movie but it's also like really sad Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing how fast Love flies out the window. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I heard that. Um, so right away, so the movie is ninety minutes, or it's like a ninety minutes and change, and it spares no time at all getting us like right into the plot because we're like first five minutes we're in, we meet the two characters, two right. main characters. We meet Seth Brundle and Veronica. I like that they're in a white museum. Yeah, they're at like a press event mm-hmm. or something. They're at some sort of fancy gala. Mm-hmm. And they meet, and he's like super wide eyed, enthusiastic about life. Right. He just has this like aura about him that's he just does. excited. He has this funny, dirty, like vibey, in a very clean environment. Uh, immediately I saw him and I was like, he looks like a fly. And he, he, kind of, <laughs> he, he was kind of excitable, like yeah. one. But he, he invites her back to her, or his place, his lab. He's like, I'm working on something really great. Come back to my lab. I wouldn't, but, you know, uh, for purposes of this movie, Ronnie does, Veronica. Dude, she, she had some balls on her to get into a stranger's car and drive into some weird, creepy brick alley. It's true. Brick, it's dirty brick building. Yeah, it's a little, it, it was, felt a little predatory the moment i saw that metal door i would have been like i'm out give me an uber and not only is it his lab but it's also his like home he lives there which is kind of cool i think that's pretty neat well he is kind of a he's not introduced as such right away but he is kind of a mad scientist uh like you know totally obsessed with his work and he tells veronica that uh you know he's made this system that will totally change the world of teleportation of like transportation forever and he pulls out these two pods you all know the pods i'm talking about they're like pear-shaped weird like 
I don't even, I don't know. Like little xenomorph pods. They kind of do. Yeah, they kind of do. So he demonstrates by, I think, putting an apple in one of the pods and then it transports to the second pod. Did he take a bite of that apple? I think so. Hmm. I'm not sure. But so he basically shows her that he can teleport inanimate objects, or uh, yeah, inanimate objects from one place to another. Uh, Veronica unbeknownst to um to seth is an investigative journalist yay she doesn't mention anything about that either i know she she had her recorder running the whole time just recording their whole conversation i'm thinking like she wants it yeah she does looking for a story well i mean look at him jeff goldblum in the mid 80s no woman could resist he's so cute he is pretty adorable yeah, so uh, she's gonna run this story. She's like, "I'm out of here. I'm gonna go. I gotta get this story to my editor." And he and he convinces her to not run the story right away, but to follow him in this um, quest to be able to teleport the flesh, basically something with something living. Right. Um. So he's like, "You you can record your story, but just you know, I want it to be." On my terms, right. basically. Yeah. So they spend a lot. They start spending a lot of time together. Um, she records all of his experiments, and they sort of form this relationship. And I thought this was really interesting. I didn't think about it till I was watching it this time. But he, he's having trouble figuring out how to transport, um, literally, like anything with flesh on it. So he uses it on a stake. He he teleports a stake, and it works. But it doesn't, it's not quite right. It doesn't taste right, you know? And he said, he goes on this thing about how I need to teach the computer to, to be driven mad by the flesh. Was this, did this happen after he tried to transport a monkey and fucked up? Ooh, I, maybe. I can't remember. I think the monkey was before. The baboon, you mean? Yes, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a monkey. <laughs> when he put the baboon in, out came a puddle of gushy yep. meat puddle. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. So he that was that was before. So he are he like tried to teleport the baboon it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So he is just having the he says I I wish I could remember he, the quote. He, he says um basically like a computer is only as smart as its creator. Well, sure, sure, sure. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he has this great monologue about because, um, you know, Ronnie's like, I just want... You're so cute. I just want to pinch your cheeks. And oh, that. That Yeah. One. And he's like, that's it. Like, I gotta... I have to, like, Something teach... about the flesh. Teach the computer how to, like... How to be driven mad by the flesh. Anyway. Right. Um, so Seth finds out that Ronnie works with her... An ex-boyfriend of hers. Who's a... Who's just the worst. Stannis... Misogynist... Is that... Am I saying it right? Misogynistic? Yeah. Stathis Borens is his name. And, like, already I whatever. hate him. So, Stathis is an old boyfriend. He's kind of a douche. Um, kind of meaning a lot. And Seth gets really jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is so... I'm sorry. This is such a cute part to me. Yeah. Because I'm just like, he really likes her. Like, he thinks that she's trying to fuck around on him. And, like, well, he's throwing a fit. It's I don't know. It's cute. He... Yeah. Like... If she was kind of, she's become this, this muse. They have, he has this like sexual reawakening, 
um, and suddenly realizes what to do to be able to teleport the flesh. And so he, you know, does his thing and he transports another baboon and it works. Yeah. And, but she's out with Stathis mm-hmm. doing work, doing work stuff. And Jeff or uh, Seth is like worried that they're getting back together. So he gets really jealous, goes on a drinking binge like you do and decides he's going to teleport himself. Uh, cause that's a great idea. Um, and yeah. as, so he sets everything up with his little baboon friend watching him, which I think is so funny. Oh, he's no. just watching him the whole time. Uh, as the door closes though, you see a little, little house fly get right in the pod right before the door closes. And that is, there is an episode of breaking bad where they're in a lab and there's a, fl- there's a, it's the whole episode. There's a fly in the lab and they're trying to get it. Because they don't want anything to be contaminated. Oh. And I, I, I was watching that episode today, and I'm just like, that's what Seth should have done. He should have done a clean sweep of that place. Yeah. Like, anything could go wrong. And so in goes the fly. In goes the fly into the teleporter. and uh, But Seth comes out looking pretty okay. And there's no fly. No fly. Where but does Seth the fly looks, go? And at first, Seth is like loving it. Yeah. He's loving life. He He's is got this like surge high. of yeah, this like high surge of energy. He can do, you know, all these acrobatic tricks mm-hmm. and he's just really excitable, really horny. <laughs> Dude, I forgot I forgot about that. <laughs> it's almost like I don't know. It, it's he he's just on this high and he he's totally changed and he's trying to convince Ronnie to do it. Too. He's like, you gotta feel this, man. You gotta feel this. You gotta get this high. <laughs> and she does not want to do it. And I don't blame her. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. I would have been way scared too. So he just kicks her out. He just breaks up with her mm-hmm. essentially, and uh, is like, you know, you don't, you're, t- you're afraid to be broken down and and reborn again. And it's just, it's, it's really intense. It is because at this point, like her. Like, Seth and Ronnie had sex again during this surge, and he's, like, she's even seeing physical changes on him at this point. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, the hair on his back and the zits all over his face or whatever those were. Mm-hmm. It was just, like... Lesions. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he has this freak out, and, and Ronnie's, like, where is this coming from? Yeah, so he picks up a, he picks up a woman at a bar after arm wrestling for her and and that's the first (laughs) and this is the first time we get to see something really cool we see a dude's arm just snap right in half Mm -hmm. the bone just pops right out and he takes this woman back to his lab and does the same thing tries to basically drag her into the um into the pod but luckily ronnie shows up and this is where we get the famous line be afraid be very afraid that was so tight she's Uh, creepy i don't know if that line is in the original or in the short story, I'm not sure. I don't know if that like famous line was from this movie or the or the remake. Does mm-hmm. anyone know? I don't know. Hmm. I should have looked at that. Um, but now he's going. So she, they both leave. Both the women leave. Um, and then a couple days later, y- you see, you know, you see Seth, and he's looking looking worse by the day. Uh, his nails start to fall off, which is a very detailed and graphic scene. 
I was telling Mona and Sheridan that, like, I was watching this part and was trying to eat my Big Mac and some french fries, and the moment I saw him bite his own fingernail off and squish his squish into the freaking mirror, Mm -hmm. I literally could I I had to throw away, like, my whole entire meal. Mm -hmm. And I don't don't get sick like that. That, it's just, it's so... (laughs) That's what I'm saying, like, this movie from the 80s was so good without CGI. Oh, yeah. It almost made me throw up in 2019. (laughs) Like, come on. Well, it's really fantastical. It's really, like... Gross out, you know, kind of thing. Like there's just this pus coming out of his finger, you know. When he's and when he's doing the arm wrestle, he's squeezing his hands so hard that the juice is coming out. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like secretion, yeah. (laughs) It's very Evil Dead. Um, He can masturbate forever. (laughs) He has his own (laughs) supply. Turning yourself into a fly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my, yeah, and then he, he even starts taking on little twitches and he kind of starts acting like a fly. Like, and it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things too where, like, of all of the things, of all the animals to turn into, like, you have to turn into a, a bug that, like, no one likes. Every, you know, Nobody. everyone thinks it's gross. It's just. A, it's just a tragedy, you guys. It's really sad. It's it's really gross, but and and you're kind of, I think that people remember the the gross out stuff. They remember him like throwing up on his food, yeah, liquefying it to eat it, you know, and stuff. Uh. But, but I mean, it's really really tragic to watch this brilliant scientist disintegrate into, like a dirty little nothing. Fly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Seth does some research on his computer and he finds out that uh, the fly's DNA has been integrated with his own. And so he's like, shit, (laughs) what do I do? Uh, He calls Ronnie and he's he's like, you were right all along, you know, Uh, something wrong, you know, something happened. It it made me into this crazy thing. And this is when he says, it mated me, the computer mated me to the fly. We hadn't even been properly introduced. (laughs) (laughs) He's still, there are still these moments of like, yeah, just like black comedy kind of. It's just, I don't know. It's so great. There are some of those lines too, I think, where like knowing what we know about Jeff Goldblum now. Yes. Because like this is early in his career. This is before he made it big. Yes. Like, just hearing some of those lines and having seen a bunch of Cronenberg's other films, I'm like, were those in the script, or did he just say that and they just kept it? I know! I I know that he improvised some of his lines for Jurassic Park. Right. So, but, I mean, okay, granted, that was a few years later when he was a little bigger, but, um, but I don't know, I think that's... so him. I would like to think that Cronenberg would let him kind of go off and like because he's so even from the beginning he's brilliant even in this movie he's, he's brilliant so unique. yes yeah like his own he is his own entity i mm-hmm. cannot compare him to one other person on this planet he's so great uh so just yeah he has little lines like that throughout the film that that just have this kind of quirky he's such a like an awkward nerd in the beginning he's right. very um, you know, doesn't get out much. And I think that that's, I feel like that was him. Like, I feel like that was more Jeff Goldblum than, yeah. than we realized. I think so too. Yeah. I love it. Um, and this is when Ronnie finds out that she's pregnant. 
with Seth's child. Is it a fly? <sighs> is it a human? I can't or imagine. Is it both? Yeah, I can't imagine anything scarier than to have something in you that you don't like. You don't know what you it know. Is. I, I imagine like a slung, uh, <laughs> a slung, <laughs> a long skin baby with like one of those like tongues that like wrap Ew. around like a like a what are those called? Ew, like an yeah. anteater. No, like a um, a dragonfly. You know, oh like yeah, that's Kirby or a moth or any ew. type of butterfly. Yes. Comes yeah, out. can't even talk. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder. Mm, I wonder what. Well, watch the fly too. You find out what happens. Um, so she she finds out that she's pregnant, and that night, or I don't know if it's the same night that she finds out, but she has a dream that she gives birth to a maggot. But, like, a giant, like, a baby-sized maggot? Yeah, that was a big maggot. I think that is the scariest part in the whole movie. I think that's, like, the part that gets me the most. Do you know how happy... I would be happy to have a child if it came out in that shape. What? Yeah. Okay. It would just easily... It would be like, whoop! Babies have... (laughs) That's very true. It it is... Yeah, like, babies have, like, arms and legs, and something might get stuck. But if you have just a maggot... It just slides out. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she has this horrible dream. Um, and then when she wakes up, she decides that she wants to have an abortion. Smart. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah. So she goes to Seth. She feel. I mean, she owes it to Seth to at least tell him. So she goes to tell him, but she can't. Because she sees him and he's just... This is like stage three or four. Like, we're almost there. Yeah, teeth are falling out. Um, Just, it's not looking good for Seth. He's losing hair. Um, He's losing everything. Yeah. (laughs) He looks like shit. Um, So she leaves with Stathis and she says, like, out loud... She's like, I don't want this in me anymore. And Seth overhears her. Because he's on the roof like a real fly. Eavesdropping, like a fly on the wall. There is actually a point, like, more than halfway through where he always... I'm pretty sure he always enters a scene, like, from above. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good move. I didn't even think of that until we were just talking about that. Yeah, he starts, like, climbing up walls and, you know, he starts acting like a fly would, but with no... He doesn't sprout wings or anything, though. I'm so happy that didn't happen. I kind of would have liked to see it, but it also scares me. (laughs) Well, they... (laughs) I don't think they would have realistic... Like, they couldn't have wings on it because then people would expect it to fly and I don't think that that big old yeah. thing would fly. That's a good point. Um, the big old thing. It, it was. It was huge. The last like version of Seth Brundle, the Brundle fly, is like was a really huge fly. thing. Um, I feel like there's a Brundle fly in Fallout. Why do I? There pro- I mean, there might be. Brundle flies? Yeah. I know what things you're you're uh, you're, you're talking about. The, um... Are they the boat flies? I think that's... Yeah, the, the, the bloat flies, but yeah, the, there, yeah, there are definitely some things that kind of do just have that very grotesque appearance. Yes. Totally, totally. Um, so she want Ronnie wants an abortion like now, like tonight. She's like, I don't want it we in me for one more second. Me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Stathis takes her to like his doctor friend. Yeah, just Come to my uh, local abortionist. <laughs> He's my friend, and um, they they decide you know they decide they're gonna do it and so while she's waiting for the doctor seth brundle just 
breaks in like he's King Kong and just snatches her up right from the bed. Oh, yeah. And uh, takes her away. And, like, starts jumping rooftops and ends up, I think, on the roof of his lab. And, um, meanwhile, Stathis shows up. Mm-hmm. And he has a gun. Because he's looking, he's looking to kill Seth. Yeah. And, I mean... I don't know. At this point. Uh, So he comes in and Seth attacks him again from above and throws up this acid milk semen. (laughs) Gross. It's something. I don't know what. I was going to say coffee creamer, but. (laughs) So much better. It did look like coffee creamer, actually. He throws up this milky substance and it melts away his whole hand. That's one of the best parts of the movie. It is really good. Because Seth is so into it. He's looking at it. He's like smiling at his creation. Yeah, he's he, I think, starts to towards the end, like accept that he what's, <laughs> yeah, what's happening. He also does it, it when Stan, when Stathis like goes to grab the gun with his leg, he throws up more acid on his leg and then his foot melts off. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so good. You guys though, like it's the, ah, oh, the effects are so good. Yes. And I, I couldn't find any, um, concrete source that said what, you know, what went into making all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're very, kind of still secretive about it, but the, cool. like, just trust me, you guys, like these effects are incredible. Uh, and then, yeah, so then we have this whole climax of the movie. Uh, Veronica and Seth and Stathis are all in the lab. Um, Stathis finds out that Seth has been kind of tweaking the technique of his telepods He's not using them for transport anymore. He's using two pods to house two different things. And then they mix up, they integrate, and come out of a third pod. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's been working on. And so his plan, Seth's plan, was to put himself in one and Veronica in the other so that they would become this... Trifecta of flesh. Yeah, this... Uh, man, that's a, that's a good... Flesh factor. Can that be your band name? <laughs> <laughs> Trifecta of flesh. Um... <laughs> He wants them to become, like, one being. And, which is, again, the scariest thing I could think of. It's like, so useless. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not gonna be pretty. No. <laughs> but can't get any worse, you know? So she, he, you know, Seth's got uh, Veronica, and she rips his jaw off. Oh, dude. When he goes to, she goes to stop him and she just rips that jaw right off. And it it just, it looks so good. I watched a behind the scenes thing about this. This whole scene with the Brundlefly took about two weeks to film and um, they just could not get this jaw to rip off. Like, they, there's so many takes of, of Gina Davis just like trying (laughs) to, she's like, I can't, I, it won't. <laughs> oh so it actually took them a really long time just to get that one, Perfect that one thing. shot of her like ripping off this jaw. Um, and then, and then all, it just all, everything else goes to hell. His I body love, parts are falling off. His skin's yeah, falling yeah. off. Like his legs, like they show him breaking backwards, which is oh, yeah. tight. Yeah. It, that's really good. Um, it's his, his like face falls off and reveals this, insect like visage that's just amazing 
Very, di- very disgusting. Oh, yes. It very is. Juicy. It's very Cronenberg. It's very... It's his style for sure. Um, I gotta get on some Crone because, dude, like, <laughs> it's Scanners, dude. Watch Scanners. Okay, when I was think that I own it. Out? Early nineties, maybe mm-hmm. late eighties, cool. seventies. Really, Ooh. Scanners was seventies. Scanners was seventies. Oh shit, I was way off. Well, oh, that makes me really happy. Well, I think I own it, so let me. I'll I'll check my collection. Tight. <laughs> I'll tight, get back tight, to tight, you. Tight, tight, tight. Um, so. So he throws. She he actually manages to throw Veronica into one of the pods, and then pod shuts. Yep, it locks. And he gets into the other one, but here comes Stathis with a gun and is able to shoot the wires that connect to the pods for her. Right, shuts off her pod. Right, and Seth Seth decides he's gonna break out and stop him, but like when he's halfway through, the timer goes off, and he's. Animorphed out of there. He's fused with the telepod itself and is now a Brundlefly telepod. Um, (laughs) If it could get any sadder. I didn't get that until you said that because I remember seeing the pipe. Yes. And I was like, what is he? Yeah, his body fused with like the actual teleporter. And at this point, he's crawling towards Veronica and she's holding this gun and she can't bring herself to shoot him. She and he still loves him. He takes the gun and like puts it on his head like, just do it, dude, yeah. you know? And so she's crying and she finally does it and blows his head to hell, dude. She doesn't cry for that long, though, dude. That's what I loved about the part. Well, I mean... She cried, she got over it, she <laughs> blasted him yeah. right in the face. Blasted him right in the face and just blew up his entire head. Um, and then, and then it's just Veronica and I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Stathis survives. Right. Um, but then we fade to black and it's fucking, that's the end. There's nothing afterwards. That's the end of Seth. Day and class A. I don't, um, I don't know exactly where the sequel begins, but I do know that it's about Seth's child. Brundle Jr. Brundle Jr. Brundle Jr. <laughs> um, this is one of like this is probably on my top two Cronenberg movies for sure. I think Naked Lunch is number one for me. It's so weird. It's just the weirdest thing, and I love it. Naked Lunch? Yeah, I own it. I want to see this. It's good. It's we, super uh, weird. I, it, we, I get, we can probably make an exception to cover that movie. It's not a horror, but it's weird as fuck. Cool. All of his movies are a trip. I like tripping. And it's, I mean, and again, this movie is very accessible. It's very, it feels very much like a, like a classic monster movie, but there's something so uniquely Cronenberg about it. And it's still so absurd and crazy. And like, I just love that. I love that there's a mix of him and also this like big budget, big, you know, produced movie. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, I feel like sometimes, and not with like, with really established actors, they get, or with really established directors, you can do whatever you want. Steven, no one's going to tell Steven Spielberg what to do. Mm-hmm. But with some directors, or with some writers even, your balls are being grabbed by the producers and the, the studios. Right. And sometimes you can't do what you want. That's and true. even, I mean, even The Fly was kind of trimmed down. There was a scene that Cronenberg wanted to do that involved a cat in a baboon. <laughs> um, yeah, but they didn't let him, you know, they didn't let him do it. Cat baboon. You can see a low-quality version of that scene online. Oh. But it's it's not, like, restored to the point where you can actually, like, like see it clearly. But right. no, you, you, you can see parts of it. Oh, man. 
Oh. It's so gross. Oh, I want to see it. I love you, internet. I love you. You can find anything on the internet. You really can. Um, Children. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Meeting what? I don't know. You can find them. <laughs> the internet is also a scary place. Um, you don't have to birth. You can adopt. <laughs> Let me just make that a happy statement real quick. Oh my god. And that sounds like the start of a Cronenberg movie there. Yeah, it does. Oh my god. Um, Build your own. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, reanimator? Um, so, I'm interested to know, because I'm interested to know what Mona's favorite Cronenberg movie is. Give it to me. Mine is, um, it's, it's a bit of an interesting choice. It's It's both one of his more controversial and one of his more, I'd say, less appreciated. Mm-hmm. Crash, which came out in the 90s. Not to be confused with the movie that stole the Oscar from Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. yeah. That's a very different movie. Yes. Crash is an adaptation of a J.G. Ballard novella of the same name that's about people who get off to getting into car crashes. Whoa. Whoa, I need to see that. Yeah, it stars uh, James Spader and Helen Hunt. What? What? Helen Helen Hunt? Hunt? Is one of my favorite actresses. Oh my god, I'm getting on this. Or is is it Helen Hunter? Or is it Holly Hunter? I always it, get those two. Either mixed one, up. either one. I love both of I, those. I actresses. think you think it's Holly Hunter. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're they're just people that like getting their bodies fucked up and that's then a, having sex. So Cronenberg. Whoa, dude, that is crazy awesome. Shit. Hell yeah. There's oh, a new man. restoration of it coming out. I. Think sometime within the next year because yeah they're doing a I believe they're doing a 4K and then they're gonna have some like screenings at festivals and whatnot and then it's gonna get a Blu-ray. Oh whoa! Oh my god! I can't wait! I'm so excited! I've never been at anything like a screening festival or like any. I've I never saw... been to any movie festivals or like. Oh, that, film, those nothing. are yeah, those are fun. Phoenix Film Fest is really good. Um, I I got to see World War Z before it came out, like Ooh, before oh. before it was before it was like done being made i was like one of the test you know audiences for it it was really crazy watching like that movie with you know it was weird watching brad pitt like running with a green screen and stuff like that it was weird and like weird they um they use like little just blocks for cars sometimes like just as fillers yeah and, like, so sometimes you'll see, like, an army truck go by, and then you'll see just, like, a blue block. <laughs> what? It's like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> it was really crazy. Um, so I've actually never seen, like, the finished version of World War Z. <laughs> wow. But I hear it's really good. That's cool. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, so I, I really, I think that The Fly is one of my favorite movie, one of my favorite scary movies from the 80s. Okay. Not because, not just because of Jeff Goldblum, although that's like a lot of it, but I love, I'm a sucker for monster movies, sucker for monster movies, especially the sympathetic, you know, cause most of the time they are, you know, you're Frankenstein's, you're right. You know, so like, I love that they had this kind of, to me at least, it was a perfect homage to old like universal monsters. Oh, absolutely. And uh and it was done in a very but it was done in a very modern way, a very um very unique way. And to see it be brought to life by fucking Cronenberg, like this is a dream come true. 
Yeah, dude, and like I told you before we watched the movie, I hadn't seen it in a really long time, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really feeling like I, I never thought I'd watch it again because I just didn't really give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, but I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see how I feel. After watching it, dude, definitely a fan. Um, totally. I love, the, I love the gore aspect. I love that empathetic, sympathetic vibe throughout the movie. And, and Seth is such a weird dude in general. His character is very, very weird, and I'm just naturally attracted to the strange and unusual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think, I think that they both are. I think that Veronica and Seth both were, are kind of um, uh, awkward yeah. and kind of... I don't know. They were kind of perfect for each other in a way, which makes it even even more tragic when this whole thing's hap- when this whole thing happens, because it is such a cute kind of relationship that that was really good mm-hmm. for a minute, you know. And it's really sad to see it all go to hell in like the worst way possible. Yeah, that is the absolute worst way. And it's um, a lot of people over the years have have um, seen it as an allegory for things like AIDS and you know, disease Ooh. that, that mm. can't be something that can't be cured. And just, just the, the fear that comes in, you know, um, and Cronenberg in interviews has kind of has seen that, but his, his thought about it was that it was his way of dealing with, or his allegory for just aging in general, just getting old oh. yeah, and just, get, and what happens when you get old, you know, what happens when, when your body can't support itself anymore. And so, and when you look at it that way, it's really interesting too. It's not just a, it's not just a monster movie. You know, it's it's this really, it's a fear of of growing old in an allegory in a movie. You know. Yeah, that's that's a big interesting thing about a lot of body horror stuff as well is just that just the idea of like losing autonomy off of your own body, which is something that women experience, right. and which dealing with the abortion plot mm-hmm. and then also and to to get topical with recent stuff there is also an element of for example transgender people people that don't identify with their own bodies mm-hmm. their bodies are changing into something that they don't necessarily agree with and then if they're starting hormones and getting surgery you know their body is also changing around them which can be a very very scary and stressful time right for but, sure yeah yeah, so there's a lot, I mean, there's a uh, lot to, to take from it, you know? My heart. I know. Dude, I just got so many feels. <laughs> it's, I love that. I love that, because, like, I watch a movie, and I see a perspective. But hearing different perspectives of how people perceive that movie is really awesome and eye-opening. It makes me want to just, like, binge a bunch of horror movies now and, and think like, what was the director thinking? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's really interesting to think about. And it's, and even if the director has his own or his or her own take on it, you can still take away your own kind of yeah. things from it. And you can, you know, they're subjective. It's like, like music. Yeah. It's like everybody had, like I could sing a song and one person might think, wow, that's really great. And the other person might think like that breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a beautiful thing just in general about art, especially a lot of the more surrealistic stuff, which Mm -hmm. is very much my jam, but it's just um, the director can, of course, mean something, but ultimately I think the the, the best thing is what does it mean to you, the viewer? Like um, 
circling over to another David who was also making movies in the 80s, David Lynch. Mm -hmm. He's very adamant about refusing to explain what some of his movies mean from his own personal point of view. Mm -hmm. He's like, I could tell you what it means, but really that's not going to mean anything to you. It has my own specific meaning, and what I think is beautiful is that I could go into a museum and look at a painting and feel something, and the person standing next to me could be feeling something absolutely completely different. Yeah, right. And so I don't want to... He... In general, like, I... The idea of encouraging people to, like, say, oh, this is what the artist meant, it's like, yeah, cool, that's that's interesting. It's no, not to discredit that. But at the same time, it's so beautiful that just so many people can see the same thing and have it mean something different. Yeah, it's so crazy. I love it. I love art. I love film, you guys. Art is freaking tight. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of art, Chelsea. Yeah. Where can we find you in your art? Because so, uh, you make amazing art. Thanks, dude. Thanks, man. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm at lunar underscore waifu. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. I have a family Facebook, and I won't add you on that. So just look up Chelsea Rideout, and it's a picture of me that looks like a ninja. I don't think I'm ever going to change it. I changed <laughs> it once, and it was just dumb. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm not picking up commissions until around January, February, just taking some time for myself, but please hit me up. Let me know what you're looking for. We can always set something up. Share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to find me, I am at your Goliath pal on Instagram. Um, not your gal pal. No, your Goliath pal. Cause I, well, my name's not really that relevant anymore. Cause I don't play a Goliath in D and D anymore. But, um, if you want to see me play D and D, you can do that on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights um, at twitch.tv slash Dice Ministry. Dice Ministry. Or you can follow, if you don't care about our lives and you just want to follow the podcast, you can follow uh, at Flick Chicks Official on Instagram. We're always posting stuff. I, this is my favorite time of year because I can watch all the spoopy movies I want and no one can say shit. Spoopy. So I'm posting all of the movies that I'm watching. I, I try to watch one horror movie a day. At least. Nice. Um, and I'm posting them on Instagram, so follow me for that. If you guys have a horror movie that you think doesn't get enough love, send it to us. We want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have Shudder because of reasons, but I do have Netflix and all of their uh, <laughs> streaming services, basically, so let a girl know. What is Shudder? Shudder's like a horror movie streaming... What? Yeah. Uh, AMC operates it, the, the yeah. movie channel AMC. Yeah. So they, they, it's like a Netflix for horror. What the fuck? They, they got some good stuff on there. They really yeah. do. Oh. The new, uh, the new creep show series is on what? there. What? How much is it? Like 10 bucks a month? I think Probably. it's, it's, I pay like five bucks a month for it, but that's their old plan. I think they raised it to like seven ninety nine. It's not bad. Yeah. It, it, it's cheaper than a lot of the other services because it's just horror. the one thing. Yeah. Right. Right. It's worth it. Cool guys. Well, I want to thank Mona so much for being on the show today. I'm so I'm so excited, you guys. She has a an input to like in the horror genre that I'm still learning about, and I really think that it's so insightful having you on here. And I love having different perspectives and stuff like that. So I just want to say thank you. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. 
And yes. we definitely want to have you back too. Oh for yay. Sure. yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, we'll do something cool. Full of information. I have no information. I'm really just like a blob. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, I just get really high and I just enjoy. You're the funny one. All the information. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, please, we'd love to have you back. We'll we'll figure out a movie and I just really I'm inspired to get really into Crone. I'm I'll never be able to say his name, so that's just what I'm going to abbreviate it forever. Okay. Just but, uh, just going to be the Crone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, get, thank you. You're welcome. Get ready, guys, because next week we're doing Blair Witch Project. Uh, I'm not excited. It's, I'm excited. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love it, but I, got, I hate it. I've got a very scary story to tell. No. That is real, <laughs> and it's associated with the Blair Witch Project. No, thank oh, you. Oh, my gosh. I'm it, so scared but it, excited. It takes place at the Magian Rim. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. This has been another episode of Flick Chicks. Chicks.